0: On this week's dose, we have Jonah Fialco, CEO and co founder of Bracketology, the first centralized fantasy gaming platform for reality television.
1: With games for popular shows like The Bachelorette, Survivor, and Big Brother, Bracketology boasts over 600,000 lifetime users and counting.
0: Jonah has always been a fantasy sports junkie, and after meeting the founders of what was then called Batch Bracket, he saw a massive opportunity to engage reality TV fans like fantasy sports do for sports fans.
1: And having been a full-time CEO for just over a year now, Jonah and the team are now looking to raise a seed round to hire on more employees and take Bracketology to the next level.
0: In the interview, you'll hear more about the story behind Bracketology, some early successes and challenges, as well as what's in store and on the horizon for the startup
1: as they look to scale. And with that, here's our conversation with Jonah. Hope you enjoy. You see, here, kid, you gotta just go for it. Don't think about what comes
2: after or what came before. You just gotta bend your knees, take a deep breath, and jump.
1: This is Venture Pill, your weekly dose of startups and venture capital. We break down recent startups in the news. And interview founders and investors to help you stay informed in the evolving world of venture.
0: All right. Well, we welcome on Jonah Fialco, co-founder and CEO of Bracketology, uh, onto Venture Pill this week. Thanks for coming on the show,
2: Jonah. Thanks for having me. I'm uh, excited to chat all things reality TV, fantasy gaming.
0: Yeah, can't. <laughs> can't say we've, uh, we've gotten into that uh, topic just yet here on The Pill, but we're certainly excited to hear about the progress with the business, a little bit more of your background and help share the story of Bracketology. So with that, I figure we'll dive right in. Uh, we always like to learn about our founder's entrepreneurial journey. Um, you know, I, I know you personally from, from growing up, I know you've always been kind of a businessman at heart uh, going to the University of Illinois. Was the entrepreneurial path always a path that you wanted to go down? Um, And I guess, how did you know that you wanted to become a founder?
2: Yeah, great question. So I think I have always loved the idea of building something. Um, I didn't know I would get the opportunity at this age. I really would. My background is in sports marketing. So I went to University of Illinois, studied marketing and information systems at the Geese College of Business, and then went on to work uh, for a sports marketing agency for a year and a half. And after that, I transitioned to doing data analytics and e-commerce at Footlocker, and kind of simultaneously, um, my best friend from home, David Paulin, who's also a, G- a Glenbrook North alumni, shout out GBN Spartans. Um, him and I met the founder of what was previously called Batch Bracket, which was a fantasy football esque platform for the Bachelor franchise. Um, so we met a woman named Caitlin, and we teamed up in May of 2021. And this was a few months after I'd started at Foot Locker. Um, and the rest is kind of history. So I was doing Foot Locker from nine to five, Batch Bracket from five to 10. And we had the idea to rebrand as Bracketology so that we could expand fantasy games to other reality TV shows like Big Brother, Survivor, um, etc. and uh, I quickly realized that the Batch Bracket Passion Project wasn't going to get to where we needed it to go unless someone went full-time. Um, so October of 21, I took the leap of faith, left Foot Locker and dove in to be the only full-time employee at Bracketology and became the CEO as we expanded uh, into other shows outside of The Bachelor.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Um, and we kind of wanted to hear like what, What caused you to know that it was worth going all in to take that leap from a, from a, you know, a well-paying job, I'm assuming a little bit more security, right? A lot more risk to take on. You obviously saw the growth opportunity with Bracketology. Um, How did you make that call?
2: Yeah, totally. Um, So I'm a massive fantasy sports fan. I've been in the same fantasy football league with my buddies from home uh, for over a decade. David as well has been in that league. And it kind of became apparent to us when we learned about Batch Bracket that we were like, it was like an aha moment. Um, We think there's a huge opportunity to engage reality television fans. Uh, And we know how crazy reality TV fans are with, I mean, look at the influencer culture. It's been born out of ex-reality TV stars. Um, But it still felt like there was a lack of engagement from fan to show like we have as sports fans. Um, So as we kind of jumped onto the batch bracket train, it became apparent that this was not only a need for the bachelor franchise, but for reality TV as a whole. Um, And I think what ultimately led me to take the leap of faith, I'll tell you a quick story here. Um, So my cousin was working at Deloitte, he, right out of college, uh, out graduated from Stanford, was making six figures, but he just wasn't happy, hated his life, and he was there for a year and left to go to clown school. Um, <laughs> so he, re- he took the leap of faith, and he chose his happiness and his career path over kind of like the safe and conventional route, and he's always been a role model for me. Uh, He's out in LA, but he was in town uh, in September of 2021. And we were talking and I was telling him about Foot Locker and how I was doing Batch Bracket part-time. And he was basically the one to open my eyes and be like, what are you doing? Like you're 25, you could still be on your parents' health insurance. This is the perfect time (laughs) to jump into the startup world. Um, So it was after that conversation that I put my two weeks in and uh, it's not clown school, but uh, Mm -hmm. it is something (laughs) as fun, luckily. Um, And we've continued to see traction as we've expanded into other shows and each new user that we get that writes in about how they love our survivor game and how they love participating with former survivor contestants who we've been working with, um, or they love the way we gamified big brother. Like those small interactions are why I am continued to, be motivated to build this and offer fantasy games for every reality television show that we possibly can gamify.
1: And credit to you for making that leap of faith. That's awesome. And as a fantasy sports junkie, I absolutely love the idea here with Bracketology. Um, it actually reminds me of I did fantasy Game of Thrones back when the last season was coming out. I think I was in the same league as Sam, um, and it was just a blast to you know be able to follow and watch Game of Thrones as if it's Sunday Night Football or something like that. So. Love the exactly. concept there. What what was the point uh, system you guys worked with? Uh, it was pretty arbitrary, <laughs> but the reason <laughs> the reason I won was because I drafted Arya Stark. Shout out Arya Stark late in the first round, and killing the Night King was like a thousand points automatically. <laughs> um, <laughs> there you go. Exactly. Yeah. Um. But back to bracketology. I was clicking around the site a little bit saw that y'all have about 600,000 unique active registered users. So I'd love to know what's been some of the main sources of growth to getting such an impressive amount of users in, I don't know, about 18 months, right? Since May, 2021. Yes. So so that figure is actually
2: users to date, including Batch Bracket. So the initial Batch Bracket founders are uh, all digital marketing experts and still involved in building Bracketology. Um, But they all met at a digital marketing agency, and they used their skills to basically grow entirely organically through search engine optimization and word of mouth. Um, And we've been able to use a lot of the uh, previous batch bracket audience to continue to build uh, our bachelor fantasy games, as well as um, the additional games for Big Brother and Survivor. Um, So we're, we're pretty fortunate. We've spent almost no money on marketing. Um, we did a couple Google and Facebook advertisements just to see what our uh, cost per acquisition, uh, user acquisition costs look like. Um, but it's been almost entirely organic through digital marketing skills and of course, uh, organic social media. I've been making a lot of TikToks uh, in my day. So what you never know what being a CEO entails. Uh, so feel free to follow <laughs> us on TikTok at bracketology.tv. Uh, for some recaps and uh, hot takes of things that are going on in the reality TV seasons.
0: Love that. Yeah, we, we ventured a little bit into the TikTok uh, game. It's it's no joke. It takes a lot of work. Uh, I'm just curious, from your experience, I know you've been making a lot for a while now. Do, do you find that energizing? Do you find it uh, tedious? Is, yeah. How, how has that been growing the brand on TikTok specifically?
2: Yeah, I think it's a little bit of both. Content creation is something that I've kind of always enjoyed or had a desire to do, um, whether it was like me making basketball trick shot videos back in the day and posting them on YouTube, or uh, I, I didn't know it would, that my content skills would be transferring to reality TV. But um, I'd say that sometimes it is a little bit laborious um, and I would love to like dedicate every day really to just working on content creation. But I do have to give content creators a lot of credit. It's very hard to come up with unique organic content uh, that is repeatable. And I think that's the strategy with TikTok. Um, our, Our first video that went viral was me posting a controversial moment from a Big Brother season. And people were... The key was just getting as many people to comment as possible. They either agreed with me or wholeheartedly disagreed with me or were upset that I accidentally gave a spoiler to the episode. So (laughs) I've been a lot more cautious about uh, what I'm posting and when. Um, But that was kind of the start of it. I need to do a better job of it uh, moving forward as we continue to expand just to stay in the social media conversation of reality TV. Um, But it is fun uh, to have making TikToks is something that's on my to-do list on a, a week-to-week basis.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I guess give us a more of a glimpse into the a typical day in your life. I'm sure it changes day-to-day, week-to-week. Uh, but what other kinds of things are you focusing on right now as you look to take bractology to the next level? Of course, we want to ask you about the fundraising goals. I mean, we can talk about that a little bit more later.
2: For sure. Yeah. Um, so being the only full-time employee at a startup, you really never know what your day will entail. Um, It can really vary anywhere from doing like actual fantasy administrative stuff. So watching every reality show that we provide fantasy games for tracking scores in a spreadsheet, posting them onto the website, or I am uh, the only voice or the only eyes on our support inbox. So sometimes I'm responding to people who are having bugs or feedback requests. Um, But I actually like doing that because I feel like it keeps me very close to the product and the users and creating a a good user experience is top priority for us. Um, Other days, it's working on writing an email newsletter or talking to different partnership agencies that sell some of our email inventory or website inventory for brand partnerships to drive some revenue or doing cold outreach campaigns myself, or reaching out to investors, or meeting up with people on LinkedIn so I could pick their brain and learn from them on a 15 minute call. Um, it really just, it kind of varies and depends on the time. I'd say, think my schedule when shows are in season is a little bit different than when they're not in season. So when I'm in season, I'm doing most of like the admin stuff by myself. So I look forward to fundraising and bringing on some uh, some people to watch the shows and score for me so I don't have to do that every single night. Um, <laughs> but the the beauty is that there is no real day that is like monotonous or repetitive. It's It's all pretty entertaining. You never know what you're going to get when you wake up in the morning and check your inbox.
1: <laughs> That's great. You ever get any emails from people outraged about your scoring?
2: Oh yeah, regularly. We will uh, <laughs> I've actually gotten much better at it. That's how I track my success is at scoring is how many people are sending me angry emails with things that I missed. <laughs> but we'll we'll get emails that of people that are like I'm in a 10-person league with all of our like it's all friends and significant others. We have a $50 buy-in on the line. And John said the word "journey" at minute seventeen, but you missed it. And I had John on my team, so please make sure he gets the appropriate <laughs> points. Um, so, yeah, we we've gotten some crazy emails, but I, uh, I I like getting those because it just shows how passionate uh, our user base is and how competitive the the fantasy games uh, that we're providing are getting for their leaks.
1: <laughs> that's that's great. And so on top of those passionate emails. Would love to hear some of the other bigger challenges that you've faced, rip building bracketology into what it is now. Totally, yeah. I think the the main one is
2: just lack of other people that are working on it full time, um, and that's that's always been something that I knew. Like when I was going in full time, no one was there previously. The initial founders of Bash Bracket is really just a passion project for them. Um, but I'm really excited to bring on some other full-time resources. And then I think the the second challenge uh, at the moment, like the big hurdle that we're going through to try to take the next big leap of faith is through fundraising. Um, and luckily fundraising will eliminate the challenge of not having people, other people full-time because we'll be hiring some of my co-founders, um, but kind of just having the funds that we need to, make um different feature updates or the big one the top priority on our development roadmap is to build a mobile application um but we need to fundraise first before we can build that we have a fully functional web app um and an admin panel where i can customize new like create new shows and uh customize things for my end which is nice but the next big thing that our users are wanting and that we know is a top priority is building a mobile application Um, so ultimately I think that our big challenges will be alleviated once we are able to fundraise. Um, So I would put fundraising at the top of our number one things that I would like to solve at the moment.
0: Yeah, totally. And before we ask you a little bit more about the goals around the, I guess, the specifics of the round that you're looking to raise, I was curious, the manual aspects of the scoring, is that something that you guys are looking into ways to automate that somehow? I'm curious about that.
2: Yeah, I'm going to uh an AI event on Thursday actually in Chicago to learn a little bit more about uh how AI can potentially uh help us our, our initial solution um is going to be just like bringing on some part-time people to watch the shows and score for us. Um I'm not sure that's the most scalable thing. Um so ultimately like we'd like to implement a smarter solution, um, but that that will suffice Uh, for the amount of shows that we have now, but you can't start planning too early for what's down the road. Um, So definitely exploring other options of how we can automate things um, and see what's on the roadmap there.
0: Yeah. Well, I think there's an old startup adage that goes, you should do things that don't scale, you know, especially in the early (sighs) stages and until it becomes absolutely impossible to keep up, then, then, you know, by that time, Maybe AI could do it, and we're seeing so many cool things happening with AI. Like the last couple of weeks, even like seemingly with with all the cool tools that are coming out. So that that would be pretty cool if and when that day comes.
2: Yeah, if, if only uh, what is it, Chat GPT? If only it can develop eyes and watch <laughs> The Bachelor for us. <laughs> you
0: never know. You never know that it, that could very well be in the works. Curious to. Here for you to find out what what you can learn at that conference, so that'll be pretty cool. But uh, with regard to the the round specifically, I guess you could be guys calling this a seed round, and how much you looking to raise? What kind of partners are you looking for?
2: Yeah, totally. So we I th- we're, we closed a hun- one hundred sixty thousand dollar pre seed crowdfund uh in June. A lot of that went towards the development of. The web app, we overhauled the previous site. We built that custom admin panel, as I mentioned, um, did some other feature updates. Um, and this round, we need to bring on a little bit more than that. So mostly will be used for team development and salary. So we're, we're looking to raise about five hundred dollars to $750,000 on a safe, um, which is the vehicle that we used for the crowdfund. Um But in terms of use of funds, uh, we think about half of that will go towards salaries and development. Um, Bring another thing we're looking to do is bring on a technical co-founder onto the team full time. So my uh, co-founder, David, who is part-time, he's been kind of moonlighting as our CTO because we use his actual tech startup um, to do our development. So he's our, he's our head of product, we'll call it. But we're looking to bring on an internal developer that really is uh, kind of looking to take that leap of faith in the startup world um, that might have been maybe a small fish in a very big pond at one of the large tech giants that wants to have ownership of Bracketology's tech strategy as we move forward. Um, so we're, we've started that search. Um, it's exciting for me. Um, I'm constantly learning about the tech space. Uh, But we think that closing a seed round will help us uh, incentivize people to join the team from a technical co-founder perspective. Um, Although we can offer a chunk of equity right now, the salary part of it, we need to wait to offer until we close the seed round. Um, So that's kind of what we're looking to do, uh, anywhere from 500K to 750K. And in terms of potential partners, um, I think we're kind of prime for either angel investors or early stage VCs. Um, We'd love to bring on strategic partners that have background in the entertainment or media or gaming industry um, and people that are kind of passionate about what we're doing and think that it's fun to build uh, a fantasy gaming platform with us. Um, So as nice as it would be for someone to kind of just write a million dollar check and say, here you go, um, I think we're looking for uh, people that want to be kind of more engaged. And that's kind of what our ideal partnership looks like from an investment perspective.
1: And so if and when y'all close that seed round, you've already mentioned a couple of ideas you want to expand to, like a mobile app and hiring out a team, of course. Um, but any other glimpses you can give us into the future? Maybe adding some more reality TV shows, or I'll let you take it. Totally. Yeah. So uh, that will definitely be
2: one of the things. And we'll continue to do that even before we close around. round. So uh, I can publicly say here for the first time, this has not been released uh, but the next show that we're expanding into is going to be RuPaul's Drag Race. Um, that is looking to premiere, I think, in the first month or the first weeks of January. Um, so we're actually working on our end right now to kind of spin up the fantasy games for RuPaul. I've been watching uh, a lot of season 12 to try to figure out how we're going to gamify it. Um, <laughs> so that's that's next on the reality TV expansion roadmap. Um, the other thing... Inter- in addition to building a mobile application and kind of reimagining uh, a new user experience from that end, um, we're going to launch a version two of our application uh, that will include uh, the business model will be more freemium driven instead of uh, right now the programmatic ads and sponsorships and and email partnerships. Um, so we'll introduce a freemium version where we will basically give you challenges and accolades and avatars kind of like a Fortnite battle pass. Um, And also the plan is to, we haven't ironed it out just yet, but the plan is to white label our admin panel technology. And that allows us to create fantasy games for new shows and let the premium users create leagues for shows that we might not offer. So I'm not sure how you guys did your game of Thrones league, but through the premium version, you'd be able to create like an official Game of Thrones bracketology fantasy league, play with your friends on the site and make it a little bit more legit than an Excel spreadsheet or pen and paper, however you guys were
1: running it before. Right. A little less uh, arbitrary scoring and arguments thereafter. <laughs>
2: exactly. Yeah. You, you hard to argue with uh, with the posted rules when uh, on the site. Th- write it in ink, thousand points to whoever kills uh, the Ice
1: King. <laughs> Exactly. Uh, quick follow-up question. Again, just poking around your site, I saw that there's a couple different game formats. So there's like a Weekly League, there's Confidence League. Um, could you, you know, I don't want to, if you could just do a high-level overview of a couple of the different game formats y'all offer.
2: For sure. Yeah. So we offer four game types uh, for most shows. So the first is a first impression game type. It's essentially your March Madness bracket of reality TV. So you watch the first episode You make all your picks of who you think will advance round by round all the way down to the finals, and then your bracket locks for the season uh, by episode two. So that's basically, you make your picks once, uh, a little bit less involved, um, but still fun to see how your initial predictions uh, fared once the season ends. We have two weekly game types that are kind of like your NFL Pick'em pools, where you're choosing who you think will uh, advance and not get eliminated each week. So that's week to week and confidence pool. Um, the week to week is scored. Each person gets the same number of points uh, for each correct pick. So for example, if it's, let's say, Rose Ceremony 3, every correct pick I make in Rose Ceremony 3, I get three points. Versus confidence pool, you're ranking how confident you are that each contestant will advance to the next round. So if I think that Johnny uh, is, is going to be number one to advance and – number one slot is 16 points. Um, and someone else thinks that he's the 12th or the fourth most likely to advance I'm going in reverse standings order here. Um, and he doesn't advance. I don't get the 16 points, which obviously hurts me being in the top value and the person who picked him in 12th would be a little bit better off. They just wouldn't get the, the 12 points. So yeah. that's fun for us. Um, that's a new game that we launched in January. And then the last one and by far our most popular and most most engaging game type is what we call our advanced game. Um, so that's what that's basically our fantasy football esque game. So essentially you choose a team of four to six contestants each week. And then depending on what they do and say during the episode, based on a list of rules that we create preseason, that's how your team gains or loses points. So for the bachelor, if someone kisses the lead or goes on a horseback riding date or receives a, <laughs> the last rose at a rose ceremony, those are all ways to earn points. And those are the ones that create the, uh, the angry emails when I mess up my scoring. Um, so those are the four game types. We have some ideas of additional game types we'd like to add down the road. Um, but those are, those are on our wish list, and they will be coming at some point. I uh, can't share those just yet, but uh, we hope to have those up uh, sometime within 2023.
0: Awesome. Well, it seems like lots of opportunity. I love the idea of the white label, um, new shows, new game formats. So it's exciting to think about and, and certainly great, great success for you guys so far. Good luck with the seed round and, and taking those next steps, bringing some folks uh, on full time It'll that'll, that'll be a big deal. Um, we wanted to always kind of wrap up the episode by asking a little bit of your advice as a founder for any of the pilgrims out there. That's what we call our listeners for any of the pilgrims out there that are thinking about entrepreneurship, you know, maybe they have a startup idea or they come across one like you did and any, idea, I guess advice for them if if they're looking to get into the world of startups um, that you would give looking back on your journey.
2: For sure. Um, yeah. So I, I think that the common piece of advice that I would give is kind of just to like be a yes, man. Um, so anytime someone in your network or your friends or your family, they, they ask you to do anything fun or cool or go with them to this startup AI event or a pitch competition, or they want you are on LinkedIn and you see someone post something interesting. Um, and there's a call to action on the post that's like, feel free to reach out with any questions, just kind of get out there, say yes to everything. Um, experience as much as you can and through those personal connections that you make by saying yes and trying new things you'll kind of narrow your focus on what you could potentially break into the startup world with or you might meet someone that's looking for to bring someone on full-time that has your skill set um so kind of just putting yourself out there and doing things you might not conventionally be doing talking to as many interesting people as possible um and I think that's probably my number one piece of advice. Um, luckily for me, my break came because my roommate is the guy that I was just explaining. And he is a startup guru and master networker. And he, he was the one that initially met the Batch Bracket founder. Um, so I, I'm pretty lucky to be able to pick his brain uh, just from down the hall when we live together. Um, but sometimes it takes a little bit more effort than that. so. Uh, Always be a yes man. Just say yes to any yes man or woman, I should say, uh, and say yes to any new potential opportunities that are out there for you, um, because I think that's probably the best way to figure out your eventual startup path down the road.
1: Awesome. Yeah, I love that. You got to be willing to put yourself out there and you never know what connections could lead to down the line. Um, Another thing we like to do when we wrap up our interviews is just hear from the perspective of a founder about a couple more startups that you've got your eyes on that you think we should uh, you know, cover perhaps in a later show or just keep tabs on. For sure. Um,
2: yeah, this is actually relevant because I went to a pitch competition last Thursday. It was the TechRise Chicago finale pitch competition. Saw some really cool startups. Um, a couple that I'd keep your eye on. Uh, there's one called Kadeya or Kadaya. I don't know how I'm pronouncing it. It's K-A-D-E-Y-A. Mm-hmm. They are reimagining the water bottle supply chain to try to eliminate single use water bottles. Um, I thought it was really fascinating what they were working on. Um, And then the winner of the pitch competition uh, is a company called Smart Charts that is focusing on um, making uh, more interactive solutions for primary care physicians and rehab specialists and Therapists and psychiatrists and their note taking to be able to track notes more efficiently and share progress through a dashboard with your patient. I um, actually just in in January I had a pretty severe ankle injury, and something like this would have been cool for me to be able to kind of see how my progress was as my physical therapist was documenting it. Um, so Kadea and Smart Charts were the two that kind of stuck out to me, um, and I'm I'll always shout out Chicago startups. Hope Bracketology will be a the next big uh, Chicago startup, uh, but it's it's fun to try to build uh, something in in a very emerging tech market.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, before I forget about it, we we interviewed a guy named Landon Campbell. I don't know if that name rings a bell, but uh, he he is one of the biggest proponents of the Chicago startup scene, and would love to connect to you guys if if you haven't already. But uh, he, yeah, it's it's fun. And obviously that being my hometown I'm I'm always rooting for Chicago startups. So the totally. next big one's got to be Bracketology.
2: Yeah, Landon uh Landon and I have met multiple times. I was actually with him at the Tech Rise event and it's his oh, nice. AI event that I will be going to on Thursday.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, great. That's awesome. Yeah. I'm I'm happy to hear that. Yeah, he's he's the guy to know in the Chicago startup scene. So Totally. Good to good to hear it. Um well, Jonah, what's the best way for people to connect with you if they're interested in learning more about Bracketology? Um, follow you on social. Obviously we mentioned the TikTok, maybe LinkedIn. Feel free to uh plug it. Plug it all here.
2: For sure. Yeah. Uh I'm basically reachable wherever you get your news. Now, I uh you can reach out on LinkedIn, <laughs> Twitter, uh L- LinkedIn either Jonah Fielko or bracketology TV. Um or on Twitter where bracketology TV, Instagram is bracketology.tv, TikTok is also bracketology.tv. Uh you can slide into my personal DMs on Twitter, send me an email at jonah at um, But I'm always down to, to chat and uh, talk about the business, learn about uh, interesting folks who also are working on other startup stuff. So feel free to reach out at any point. Um, and yeah, make sure you shoot us a follow and, uh, and like and comment on my next controversial Survivor TikTok videos.
1: <laughs> That's awesome. And now, now we have the email address to send passionate emails to as well. Exactly. No, you'll want to send
2: your support inquiries with the gaming to fantasy at bracketology.tv. <laughs> I, I try to leave the, uh, the angry emails out of the personal inbox.
1: <laughs> Got it. Well, Jonah, I think that just about wraps it up. But thanks again for taking the time to uh, you know, jump on the venture pill here. It was a blast meeting you and hearing about bracketology.
2: Yeah, of course. Thanks for having me. Um, I appreciate being on and hopefully in a year, we'll do a little update episode and uh, we're the thing that everyone's talking about. So thanks again for your time and great to connect and uh, looking forward to watching the other content you guys put out.
0: Yeah. Thanks a lot, John. Thanks for listening. Join us next week for another dose of startups and venture capital. And as always, we appreciate our pilgrims spreading the word about the show. Share with your friends and help someone else make the pilgrimage. See you next time. She told me that she only bumps my music when she's lonely. Fix my
1: vibes a little low key. Okie dokie, that's alright, but I don't know how to do this.